Welcome to the Public Storyteller. My name is Michael Stock with Dr. Karen Neal. Karen is a professional storyteller and teaches at Florida Atlantic University. Hi, Karen. Hello, Michael. What story do you have today? Michael, this is a professional storyteller who's performing next Saturday at the Boca Raton Library. His name is Walt Belcher. Florida has long been a place where there were hucksters and get-rich-quick characters and they could get away with bodacious claims. And for example, Florida's oldest and most famous legend is based on a lie. The claim that Ponce de Leon was searching for a fountain of youth. Well, well, that fabrication has led to at least six locations throughout the state that once laid claim to being the fountain of youth that he was looking for. Let me tell you about one that made folks feel younger. It really did. First, let's set the record straight about Ponce. He was an explorer soldier from Leon, Spain. His name was Juan Ponce, and he discovered Florida for the Spanish in 1513, although native tribes had discovered it thousands of years before he came here. It's true that he landed in the area known as St. Augustine. He named it La Florida because it came ashore in April at the time of Easter feasts when things are in full bloom. Now, not many people know April 2nd is officially Florida Day. It's designated by the state, but nobody celebrates it. Uh, scholars who study Ponce now say that he was not looking for a fountain of youth. He never wrote anything down about looking for a fountain of youth. He thought Florida was an island. And he sailed up and down both east and west coasts. He was actually looking for a, another island to conquer in the name of Spain. Cuba, Puerto Rico, and the West Indies had already been claimed. And Ponce was looking for gold or treasures or natives. He was looking for a source of fresh water, a place to colonize, people to enslave. The story of the Fountain of View started circulating after he died. He was fatally wounded in a skirmish with natives on the West Coast in 1521. Now, I don't feel sorry for him because he was a nasty fellow. He exploited and he, he enslaved the people. Oh, he, he got connected to this Fountain of Youth through a creative writing by a Spanish historian. Now, this they knew they knew Ponce and they didn't like him. He fell out of favor. And, and this historian wrote that Ponce was a dim-witted braggart. And he and he probably needed to find a fountain of youth because he was impotent. Well, I don't know. You know, at least two other Spanish historians picked up on this fountain story. And by the by the 1700s, it was accepted as fact. And it carried forward into the 1800s and, and when they were starting to develop Florida. Well, it pretty much was easy to tell people, this is what Ponce de Leon was looking for. Now, people didn't really believe that it was a fountain of youth, but they did believe that Ponce was looking for one. <laughs> and where did he go? I mean, the most famous one is up in St. Augustine, uh, the archeological St. Augustine fountain of youth. Now, that's not the one I wanna tell you about. No, there was another one. It's closer to where I live, the St. Petersburg's Fountain of Youth. Now, at about the same time that they were promoting the Fountain of Youth in St. Augustine, well, there was a wealthy industrialist who came down. He came down from the north and he had a lot of money and he really loved St. Petersburg. Now, 
1890s, 1890s, St. Petersburg wasn't very much of a town. It was on the bay there and there wasn't much going on. And this guy, his name was Edwin Tomlinson. He put a lot of money into making it a bigger city. And he built a pier out into the water, the first pier that the city had. And he put a, he dug a well. And when they were digging the well, they hit a spring. And he turned that into a fountain. He called it the Fountain of Youth, and he called it the Fountain of Youth Pier. And this was like around 1900, right at the turn of the century. And people believed, and and then something happened when they began to drink that water. It tasted awful. It smelled bad. It smelled like rotten eggs. But when they drank it, they felt great. They said, "Wow, this has cured my rheumatism. Oh, I feel I was depressed until I I drank this water. Now I, I feel happy. I think I'm getting younger." And so they came and they came and filled up jugs and <laughs> it became a major attraction. Now, a few years after it was open, maybe around 1908, this uh, doctor came down and said, hmm, you're giving away this water free. Let's charge. And so he bought the land and he put in a little bathhouse and you could bathe or take a drink, but you had to pay for it. And he was making money off of this. And then in 1911, a few years later, it's only about three or four years, well, the city decided they were making a whole park out of that waterfront property, so they bought it back from him. Now, he paid $2,500 for it, and they gave him $5,000, so he, he, he doubled his money, and it became a major attraction. They put up a, a couple of statues of Ponce Leon and a garden, and, and it was just marvelous, and in the 20s, 30s, the 40s, people came, and, and two generations of people came, and they kept saying, I don't know what it is in this water, but boy, this makes me feel good. And it, it, it was like this until 1970s. And somebody said, why don't we test this water? I mean, let's see what it is. Now, a couple of times there had been hurricanes and storms and that fountain had actually moved. They had moved it down <laughs> further, further down the street uh, along the coastline, uh, water line there. And uh, so in 1970, they're testing the water. And what did they find? Why were people feeling good? Well, it had lithium in it. It had a, a larger doses of lithium than people were supposed to have. And the city closed it immediately. And uh, today, there's still a commemorative marker. There's still a little fountain there, a trickle of water, but it's city tap water. That, that spring that was originally there, well, that water's flowing out into the bay right now. And, but, but people swore, and you know what? I think it's because we want in our hearts, we want to, we want something that will make us feel better, something that'll make us feel younger. Wait till you hear about the fountain of youth that's radioactive. Walt Belcher, a story about Florida's fountain of youth. Michael, I could listen to this guy all day between the drawl and the humor and the language. There's nothing like a great professional storyteller. I loved it. And to know more about the history of Florida and the Fountain of Youth, the truth about Ponce de Leon and the propaganda that surrounded him throughout history. I love the way he says, don't feel sorry for him. This was not a good guy. None of these explorers was a saint, kind of by definition in some ways. I do love how he imbues this story with such personality, uses language like bodacious and dim-witted braggart. 
and questioning whether he's impotent, maybe. And then the kicker of what they found out was in this water. I mean, what a great story. Is Walt Belcher, is he from Florida? He's from Tampa. He worked for the Tampa Tribune for many years. He's got all kinds of stories about Florida characters. And that's what his show is going to be in Boca next week. Uh, or rather this week, I should say, on the, uh, this coming Saturday, the 18th at 4 p.m. Uh, and for more information, just go to bocalibrary.org and you can register and you can find out more. It's a free show. And he has covered so many Florida characters over the years. Well, thanks for bringing that story in, Karen. We'd love to hear South Florida stories from our listeners. How can they get in touch with you? Send me an email to cneil, that's C-N-E-I-L-E, at fau.edu. I will uh, send you the recording instructions. I, you can also find out about the Storytelling Slam that's at the library on November 19th uh, at 4 p.m. if you ask me or if you go to bocalibrary.org. Our website also has contact information as well as archive stories at wlrn.org. Click radio and the public storyteller. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Michael. See you next week. Dr. Karen Neal is a professional storyteller and teaches at Florida Atlantic University. My name is Michael Stock. The public storyteller returns next Sunday. 